1: And welcome to episode
2: 55 of
1: 40 Going On 14. I am Mike.
2: I'm Patrick.
0: I can't drive 55.
2: That was Joel. And I'm Josh. And I am a mourning the loss in several hours of some good friends. Rakdos Cackler. Ash Zealot. What's that? Sphinx's revelation is leaving standard? Never mind then. It's all good. I need to play, I don't- I play more. That I was a
3: that. crazy obscure magic joke. I don't get
2: it. Anyone who plays tournament magic does. Yeah, yeah. actually, the uh, we're talking about Magic the Gathering today. Yeah. So.
3: I gathered that was definitely a magic joke.
2: I, ah, I, I see that. what you did there. <laughs> uh, yeah, standard rotation actually happens in two and a half hours from this moment when we're recording. Hmm. And we will explain what that means a little later. Well, Josh will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The, the one of us who knows. The collective we. Yes. yes. I was, that was the royal we, or yeah. the magical we. Yeah. The Borg we. So, hey, guess yeah, my what? my magical we are right here. Ooh, right.
0: <laughs> we have we have uh, voicemails. We. <gasps> we do. <gasps> we do.
2: <gasps> no. Are they all
0: from Nenim Loss? Uh, no,
2: no. Actually, <laughs> we had a bunch more from Nenim Loss, but uh, th- we actually had a question for him, and he answered it, so that's the one I chose for today. My bad. It's, on the, the, others. it's the question, what the hell? No, no, we had a specific question for him. He was, uh, angrily ranting and st- about something we weren't doing and we were curious as to what that was. Oh, yeah, I remember that now. Okay, well, so he, he's explaining. Well, let's
1: do that. I'm assuming it's the one Mark Magic Listener. Yeah. Yes. Magic Listener.
4: Hello, this is Listener. Let me clarify a bit if I may be, uh, voicemail that i left i'm always usually driving when i'm calling uh it's part of the job i can't call you guys and leave these voicemails in the fucking customer's house no i'm driving in my fucking truck what i said the opener you guys used to open the show it was something different all the time then you got lazy you play the same one over and over and over again I was just calling you out on the fact you all a bunch of lazy sons of bitches. <laughs> that being said, no, I did not end that voicemail with butts to the front. However, I did end it with a
3: hee
4: and then a butts to the front for posterity.
2: Oh, well, let's let's uh, address this a little bit because,
3: uh, yeah, we. I think, have I think a- that was my favorite voicemail from him so far. <laughs>
2: We uh he was don't have offensive. a different uh little theme song at the beginning. That's because uh, Mike did one that we all liked, and we've had to do some stretches to find stuff that isn't going to get the show in trouble for like copyright stuff. I am gonna write a song for next week called Ned and Lots of the Jackass. <laughs> Stop it. And we've uh well, occasionally on the break we've done some uh music that is to our topic. But yeah. yeah. That was yeah, a, I, re- I
3: remember the episode when he debuted that and we were all like very impressed. Oh, who did that? He's like, Yeah, me.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm always dancing when it comes up. It's pretty cool. Yep. All right. So, so we great. got another one.
1: Yeah, we do. Uh it says Peg leg. Yep. Let's see what this says. Uh, hi. That was
4: a, a weird thing. i never had to uh, leave my name before I call a fighting floor, so that's interesting. Anyway, this is Ted Lake. Um, I don't think most of you guys know who I am. I followed Joel around for a while, uh, not actually, but on various shows and such. Uh, so I finally jumped on over here with you guys, and uh, now I'm with you guys also. The other 35 podcasts I subscribe to. Uh, So, yeah, because that's about it, I don't really
2: have anything else to say except for uh, butts to the front. Nice. It's a sensation. Is this a thing now?
3: (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: I think we should have a rule. If you leave us a voicemail and do not say butts to the front, we will not play it. (laughs) I like voicemail.
3: I like voicemail, too. Yeah, I don't think we should put stipulations on it. All right.
1: And we have one from someone called Luke.
3: I, I think the, mo- the thing I was most impressive about Venom Loss's voicemail is that there was like a clear beginning, middle, and end. That was, well,
1: I'm, was- I'm impressed with the fact that he kept on topic and remember what the hell he was talking about through the whole thing. I actually, like,
2: uh, like drugs uh, okay. kicked in. <laughs> I actually did know who Peg Leg Pete was. Uh, I actually listened to some of Joel's other stuff. So I've, I've heard you leave other voicemails and we're glad to have you. Yes. Yes.
1: I love you, Peg Leg Pete. All right. Here's Luke. Hey, this is
4: Luke from Chicago. I'm a few weeks behind it, catching up, and I just heard the magic words, Wilfred Brimley show. Do it. Do it now. I have Diabetes. No idea to do it.
3: Get to the chopper.
0: Can wow. we
1: gather up enough stuff about Wilford Brimley to do a Wilfred Brimley show?
0: We could do a whole show on hard target alone. <laughs> He's riding a goddamn horse and shooting uh, arrows with dynamite on him. Yeah, we could do I hard could, target. Could
3: I could it. do a whole show about how Angela's father looks just like Wilfred Brimley. Oh wait, no. That's pretty much all I have to say about that.
0: <laughs> and now you're done.
1: Yep. We'll, we'll put it in, put it in the queue, Luke. It'll take that'll take a little work, but <laughs>
2: we'll see what we you can kidding? do. Kid I could talk for an hour about oatmeal, <laughs> and I could talk for an hour about diabetes.
0: I could talk about his mustache. That's
2: Who did three hours
3: I hit? of show right there? Done.
1: <laughs> Just found out my wife is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Who did I hit?
2: <laughs> it's the right thing to do and the tasty way to do it. <laughs> diabetes. <laughs>
1: That was almost like teasers for a Wilford Brimley show right there. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yep. There we go. We we have to do it now. Yeah. All
2: right. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can always call us at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yay. So, you know what that time is? I I thought it was time to talk about the Musings of a Geek Network. Uh, That was a throw to you. So, anyway, the Musings of a Geek Network... And that's
1: uh the network that we're in definitely go check them out it's at musingsofgeek.com and uh, there's a ton of really cool podcasts out there along with uh, History of Bad Ideas and uh, Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks and there's new ones showing up all the time really so I don't know how many how many do we have on there now? Still not prepared for questions in this segment of the show <laughs> I would have taken any number you could have said four you could have, have said 14
3: have... 32,000
1: more than three <laughs>
3: and less than china
1: yeah so if you want to hear us there you can go on there you can also go to uh geek life radio on at noon every saturday afternoon and uh you can find us of course on itunes blueberry stitcher and Talkshoot.
2: awesome yeah and you can always find our archives uh if you do use itunes please consider giving us a rating and uh or a review that always helps us out yes so now I think it's about that time. It is about that time.
4: <laughs> this week in
0: music, movies, and TV. Hello. There's 21 shows on Musings of a Geek Network,
1: which is more than four. So <laughs> technically, I was right. And less than China.
0: Wait, I miscounted one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 12, 15, 15 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. I, I was way off. Oh. No, Wouldn't 21. Just, I was right the first time. Just get to 14. And like That's the good radio right there. Wow. <laughs> I can count on the radio. Math is hard. Shut up.
2: <laughs> you're ever looking for a good, well-researched show. <laughs> this is the one. <laughs> All right. For this weekend, we've selected, or I have selected, the year 1993, because that is the year that Magic the Gathering was first released. Yes. To the public.
0: To the public.
2: <laughs> That's also, incidentally, the first year I started
0: playing. Who was it released to before that?
2: Well, I mean, it was in playtesting for a while. There are other people yeah. who played before it uh, got out at that first Gen Con.
0: When it was called Old Maid.
2: It's going to be a long show. When it was called Maniclash. Be- <laughs> <laughs> Man yeah.
1: So music. Was it really? Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. That's music. a terrible name.
3: Music.
1: <laughs> Dream Lover by Mariah Carey is number one. I don't remember that song. Really? I don't. It,
3: it can't come back
2: to you? It's the one where she was uh, singing really high. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that one. <laughs> and then really low and then really high again. And it just yeah. sounded
0: like a balloon that somebody was letting the air out of slowly. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: So, in the middle of an 8-week run, uh, Mr. Wendell, by the cast of
2: arrested development is in the top 10. What? You I know. I didn't get that one either. I apparently uh, uh, Oh, there are instructions here. Look it up. Oh yeah. No,
3: no, no, no. I I uh, that was Mr. Wendell is a great song by the band Arrested Development. And I just made myself laugh by putting him by the cast of Arrested Development. That's all. Oh. But yeah, the band is called Arrested Development. It's a great song. It was in the, in the top ten. It's, I just mentioned it because it's a great
1: song. Now, I remember Mr. Wendell. I don't remember yeah. Dream Lover.
3: See, that's how great Mr. Wendell is.
1: Yeah. Mr. Wendell just right. came out of his trap door there.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. You forgot about me. <laughs> and the number one album of the year, released September 21st, is In Utero by a band called Nirvana.
0: My favorite of their albums.
1: Never heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Movies, Dazed and Confused, releases on September 24th, uh, Matthew McConaughey.
2: That's a great movie. It all is. right, all right, all right. <laughs> and uh,
1: A Bronx Tale is number one movie. Man,
2: I love that film as well. A lot, sometimes I'll make reference to that scene, especially that uh, Pat got in the show notes with, Now You Can't Leave.
3: Yeah. We and that uh,
2: people don't know. People don't get it. Is yeah. It, is that the so one with Jackie people. Chan? No. <laughs> no.
0: no. That, that's, <laughs> that's rumble in the Bronx. Oh, Okay. <laughs>
3: oh,
1: <man. laughs> I'm like,
0: I don't remember that scene. No, Strontail <laughs> Son- Chaz commentary.
3: Yeah. Yep. Sonny Sonny had five fingers, but he only used three of them. <laughs>
0: Josh introduced me to that film. Ah, such a good movie.
3: It is a good <laughs> movie. <laughs> I don't want that face looking at this
2: face. Get in the bathroom.
3: <laughs>
1: Now, okay. After that, I really have to watch that. I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, it's,
3: it's a great movie.
2: When the kids are talking about doing the impressions of the various mobsters, and one of them's got pockmarks all over his face, and they're like, "How do I do him?" And they're like, "Well, just take a coffee strainer and throw a bunch of shit all over it." <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: all that's right. a great movie on TV. The blue collar sitcom craze known as Roseanne Guff G-U-F. wait
0: Cosby didn't rule.
1: Guff. That's a uh, girls under flannel. Makes sense for 93.
0: Guts up front?
1: No, it's... Do
2: you know where... That's where butts go. Guzman, yeah, not guts. Butts. Guzman under fire. Guzman under fire.
3: <laughs> Grace under fire. You got very uh-huh. close.
1: Grace under fire and home improvement, the 40... Oh, oh. Oh, punct- period. Sorry. Yeah, there's a... Put a period in there. Okay, punctuation is good. That's what keeps you from... <laughs> keeps people living. <laughs> Let's eat grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Not 40, now, we're doing this weekend. The 40, 45th Primetime Emmy Awards are held on Sunday, September 19th, 1993.
0: Hosted Speaking by of Lansbury. Grandma. What? He was about to we say hosted by Angela See, Lansbury. You're
1: missing, the, you're missing the whole timing thing. <laughs> what? He goes, hosted by Angela Lansbury. Speaking of Grandma. Say, <laughs> yeah, that's the order that goes in.
3: Yeah. That's what she said.
1: <laughs> that's solved. you like, if the Pokemon Slowpoke was a stand-up comedian, he'd be you. Yeah. Anyway, for its fourth season, Seinfeld won its first and only Emmy for Outstanding Comedy Series. On September 24th, Raven, Simone, Nell Carter, and Sandra Quaterman join the cast of Hanging with Mr. Cooper on ABC. And then Frasier premieres on September 16th.
0: Most underrated I... show on the history of television. Hanging with Mr. Cooper? <laughs> yes. I've never watched it. I just wanted to say that about it.
3: Oh, okay. Frasier oh. Is, a, is a great sitcom. It's so well-written and, and so well-acted. Yeah.
0: Plus, they have a dog. And John Mahoney, he used to come into the record store all the time. Really? Well, not all the time, but he used to come yeah. into the record store occasionally. Yeah, nice guy.
3: Oak Park
1: native. Yep. Yes. And sport. Oh, so, crap. September 23rd, the International Olympic Committee selects Sydney, Australia to host 2000 Summer Olympics. And I thought I would get out of it clean, but apparently not. <laughs>
2: it's <laughs> top- a minefield ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <God. laughs> top seated Goran Ivanovic <laughs>
0: Croatia. It, it, Ivana Sevick.
1: Yeah, Ivana Sevick. Ivana
3: Sevick.
1: Of Croatia. <laughs> Beat eight-seeded Andrei Cherkasov. Cherkasov?
3: Chir- Cherkasov? I don't know.
1: Cherkasov. Yeah. It. I would yeah. Say.
2: Jer- yes. Cherkasov, <laughs> yes.
1: Of Russia, 6-2, 7-6 and 7-5 to win the 500,000 Romanian Open at Stop editing things. It's moving around on me. Open at Bucharest on September 20th. I <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do
0: that. I only changed it to jerkasov instead.
1: <laughs> Editing on the fly does nothing to help my vocabulary. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So there you go. there's this weekend.
3: Ta-da. Uh, this is the kind of professionalism they've come to expect
1: No. Yeah. all right, no I'm depressed.. So.
0: <laughs> is there more to entertainment than 500 channel TV and zillion dollar movies? turning the sound up and your mind off? Is there still a place where fun involves thinking, imagining, doing? Some of us think so, and we find it in a game. Magic the Gathering. All you need to play is a brain, a deck, and a friend.
1: Alright, so Magic the Gathering. When did we know Josh started playing the Gen Con came out in ninety he was there for the big release.
2: Yeah, I mean it was weird because I was just at Gen Con that year and the years immediately before to play D and D, but I see every, everywhere on the every flat surface, every table, there are these people playing this card game, and it looks like they've each got their own deck, and they're sitting looking at their hand of cards, and they're playing them, and they're turning them sideways, and they seem to be having a lot of fun, but, like, you couldn't escape it. Like, as you're walking down the hallway, you'd see on both sides against the walls just people playing. So out of curiosity, I went to the vendor hall, and uh, I was like, well, what's this game that everyone's playing? i they like, oh, wait in this line here. I was like, uh, okay. Hmm. So I waited in the line, and uh, I, I figured they would tell me what it was when I got up to the front. And they're like, well, you're limited to buy one starter deck and two booster packs. It's like, oh. You get to the top, the, the front of the line, they're like, magic is people. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, that's what I'm allowed to buy. I guess I'll have that then, since I've been in this line this whole time, yeah.
0: <laughs> basically. And a large orange drink.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so Magic is not a large orange drink. Magic is a trading card game. Yes it is. If you don't
1: know, um invented by Richard Garfield of Magic: The Gathering fame.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> it's, much. That's
1: pretty much it and uh, uh Robo Rally. Yeah, Robo Rally
3: and oh, He's uh, definitely not known for that. <laughs>
1: yeah, no. He's filthy rich. A couple yeah,
2: he's other known
0: games. For that.
3: He's known sure. for being rich more than he's known for <laughs> making <laughs> Robo Rally. Oh, I was and talking about
2: knows. the game Filthy Rich. Yeah. and
0: has. he really oh, loves lasagna. <laughs> yeah, that uh and yeah, that's um, Garfield the cat.
3: And played. he is directly related to a uh, former president.
0: And really? No. He, why don't do you know, assume maybe? anything he says is right? Because <laughs> he's pad. He knows dumb stuff.
3: I do know dumb stuff, but that one I'm just making up. Oh. If I'm right, it's just by dumb chance.
2: Yeah. Originally, uh, Mike was talking about Robo Rally. Uh, P- uh, Peter Atkinson was approached by Richard Garfield in order to try and get the Robo Rally board game made, but they weren't quite ready to commit to the sort of overhead and production cost. A board game would entail. So they're like, well, what else you got? Uh, we need something that uh, could be picked up and played at a convention with minimal setup, minimal equipment. And uh, Richard Garfield had worked on the idea of a trading card game before. He'd had one that was called like Five Magics that he had attempted to take some of the elements of fantasy baseball stratomatic and uh, kind of blend them with the idea of trading cards and Dungeons and Dragons. And he decided to put this together together so that uh they could generate some capital to do what he thought was going to be the real money maker which is Robo Rally. Well,
1: oh, Robo Rally is a great game. Unfortunately it wasn't as uh quite as popular as Magic Gatherings mm-hmm. still is. It
0: still is. Well,
1: yeah. Magic um,
0: doesn't seem to be slowing down. No.
3: Man, I remember when it when it first caught, man, it it caught like crazy. Everybody. I mean, I mean, everybody was playing magic together and you didn't know anybody that wasn't playing. If you were, if you were any kind of gamer at all, you didn't know a single person that wasn't playing it.
0: I mean, there's like books and stuff, all kinds of stuff now. I mean, it's everywhere, right? I mean, like, yep, it's not I mean, just it the game gets, anymore.
3: It gets sponsorship, which is more than poker even does.
0: Right. I mean, aside from poker,
2: uh, magic is one of the few games that you can actually make a professional career out of playing. And that's been true since 1996.
3: And there are very, very many, very many? Is that right. right? Why does that sound weird? There, were, there are a uh, lot. I'm going to okay. use the word a lot. How about that? There are <laughs> a lot of poker players that are former or current Magic players, too. Really? There's a lot of crossover, yeah. Huh.
2: Well, yeah, a lot of the same uh strategies and techniques are used in the playing of the game. You have to be able to ca- calculate odds. If you're in a bad situation, you have to know the percentage of your outs to determine if you've got, say, a card in hand that allows you to draw multiple cards, when to play that. Well, one would even think that
1: poker would be simpler to deal with just because you only have 52 cards. And, and certainly. I'm you know. Timmy. Well, we'll get to that.
2: Yeah, we'll get to Timmy, Johnny, and okay. Spike uh, yeah. a little later. So we know
1: how Josh got injured. Joel, how did you get introduced to it?
0: Because of Josh.
1: <laughs> well, all right, Pat.
0: <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, <laughs> you guys, like you guys all started playing and it, that, by default, since we pretty much were connected at the hip via, you know, sandwiches and, uh, sub runs, I mean, I spent all my time with you guys. So it was inadvertently going to happen that I picked up a deck or two and started <laughs> attempting to play. Although I never really understood it. I just, it was more of a social thing, you know, like hanging out and. Yeah. playing with the deck and looking at I like the artwork and it was fun I mean I just I never totally got it like you guys did you guys seem to really dig in and understand the whole thing yeah I think the three of us jumped in feet first
3: Things. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I too was introduced by Josh and and took to it like a fish to water, like a yeah. Well, anyway, well, I'm it, not going to say that one, but yeah, <laughs> I took to it very, very quickly. I, um, and very rapidly became the the first one to buy a unsealed box and to spend as much money as possible on buying as many cards as I wanted.
2: I, I you also that. had yeah, you had access that uh, most people didn't have since you worked at a game store at the time.
3: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I got introduced
1: by Josh also. You, I think you actually called me before school started somehow i think because i was still i was still at home over the over the summer and
2: Uh, okay you probably joined after uh pat summer magic league in 95 which we'll talk about in a minute.
0: Well, no, because if it, no. if
2: I joined after that, I started playing the same year I got married. No, oh. it was
0: before that because we were playing on the cave floor.
2: Yeah, we we were playing up on uh
0: up on cave mm-hmm. and X. Yeah, I'm
2: pretty sure that uh, we started playing even before that, like the first summer that Pat and I spent on campus. Uh, I'm pretty sure we played all that summer as well. Yeah, yeah,
3: because that well that was when you still you pretty much had only your alphas and your betas at that point. Yeah, and you, and you were just pretty much sharing your cards with everybody. Nobody had even been able to buy any yet at that point.
1: Yeah, I know that's. Well, I think I'm pretty sure it was Josh who called me and was told me about this game that I, you know, to get ready for when you got back to class, got back to school. And I went to, um, Graham Crackers, the comic and game store that was right across, this one right across the street from where I worked, which was a bank that also I had my account there at. So that was just dangerous. Crazy. No, I've ran out of money to buy magic cards. I'll just go back to the bank and get some more. <laughs> you know. So the next thing you know, I come, I showed up to, showed up to school with like a 5,000 box or, you know, one of those big boxes. And was ready to play. Um, I remember the first time we tried playing, we, we sat down for that 10 player game with where no one could die until the point where <laughs> everybody started wishing they could. I mean, physically. Anyway, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
3: Are you talking about the, the time we, we all played in the, in the apartment or the house? I mean, in no, apartment.
1: no, no. I'm talking about the time we okay. pushed those two uh, huge round tables together and we had like six people at each table and people would get up and go have dinner in between their turns. <laughs>
2: I remember several people died from a black vice before they ever got a turn. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't think I, I don't know if I played that one because I don't uh,
1: remember that. No, I don't think you did either because it was just yeah. it was like when we first showed up to campus and there were people playing that probably shouldn't have. They didn't know what was going on, and you know we were all learning back when they still printed the um oh what's it called the pocket players guide. Yep. Yeah, had that going, referring to that over and over again. Man, people got it easy nowadays.
2: Well, and the basics of the game, if you're not familiar with it, is you start with a deck which is typically typically either 40, 60 or in some unusual formats 100 cards and uh you start with 20 life points. Your goal is to reduce your opponent to zero life or make them attempt to draw a card when they uh don't have one left. And uh whoever has life left or has cards in their deck uh at the end when all other players have been eliminated is the winner of that game.
1: Mm-hmm. There's other ways to win um all done by cards, but that's <coughs> one that are listed in the
2: yeah. I mean, there's, in three- general, magic is one of those games where the rules are sort of basic, but the cards provide lots and lots of exceptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: The, yeah. All the rules, um, are just kind of, like you said, very basic and set in stone. And then every card pretty much is all about contradicting all those rules.
1: Yeah. But yeah. So, um, what did, you, I mean, Pat, what did you, I mean, once we got playing out on the floor, what was your uh, favorite style of play?
3: Um, I definitely loved the deck building. I like to, um, I mean, in, in, uh, well, we don't want to talk about those three archetype shit. So I guess, I mean, I was definitely into the, into the hoarding the cards, buying, you know, the, I wanted to have the most, uh, rare and expensive cards more than anybody else and build the fanciest decks. I liked having decks that when we went to tournaments, you know, and, and they had to like scour your deck before you went in, you know, to make sure you had all legal cards and everything. I would always make the tournament director like just shiver while he's looking through my deck, like, Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) Wait, there are legal cards?
3: Oh, yeah.
1: I used to be able to name them all. No, not even.
2: Yeah, there were some uh, in the early days of the tournament formats, certain cards were determined to be design flaws, too powerful for competitive play. Either you had them in your deck or you had a specific counter strategy to beat them, but you couldn't avoid them. And uh, when a card became that oppressive, where it was four copies of that card or four copies of something to deal with that specific card in every single competitive deck, typically either a restriction, which allowed. You only have one instead of the standard four in your deck or an outright banning would happen. And a lot of the... Uh... A lot of the cards that
1: were banned, I mean, were, because initially Richard Garfield had the concept of everybody playing for Anti when uh, they first showed up to uh, play Magic. That you would take a card out of each deck, put them aside, and then that would be whoever won that game would get both cards. And one, no one wanted to do that. Yep. And two, they actually had some issue with um, games of chance laws.
3: Because cards started getting valuable. Oh, yeah. And then, so. I mean, because that's, I
1: mean, that's the thing. I mean, you're, you're playing Magic and
3: you're doing, you you know, say
1: you're playing for Anti. You turn the card over and it's your mocks. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, no, not even. That's not happening. So, but, um, we, let's see. I don't know where I was going with
2: that. Next up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Before we move on to
2: describing the types of decks, and uh, I'll ask you guys if you remember any types that you particularly liked. Uh, do any of you remember favorite cards from the early days?
3: <laughs> actually, my, uh, one of my favorite cards leads to one of my favorite stories about magic and one of my actually favorite stories about college, period. And I, you all, I think, know the story. That I'm oh, yeah. About. <laughs> one of the best pranks that's ever been pulled on me, actually. Um, there's a card called Nicole Bolas, which was a card that was printed in the Legends series before they reprinted it and bastardized it and pissed me off. That was actually one of the things that made me sell my collection. I don't know if you know that. Darcy.
2: Chronicles? Yep. Yeah. You weren't alone.
3: <laughs> yeah. So anyway... Um, so this card was very valuable and very badass and very hard to cast and very everything. And I abused people with this card all the time. And I just was. Pretty much a smug dick about it, I think, when I was that, back then, when I was that age. And, and you'd, be uh, right.
1: hmm? you'd be right. You'd be right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I was, I was an insufferable little prick when I was young. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm now I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm more sufferable now. <laughs> so this card was my favorite card. Um, I, I would say almost a, assuredly my favorite card. And, uh, for those of you that know magic, the card, um, it was a seven, seven flying creature that when it did damage, To you, you had to discard your entire hand. So that's pretty powerful.
1: And I think your deck was able to get that guy out there in like turn three.
3: Yeah, because I had perfected a way to be able to get him into my graveyard and resurrect him on by the third turn if everything went well. And I did that several different times (laughs) to enough people to make them very upset and hate that card very, very much. So um who wants to take over from here and explain what happened?
2: Well, I, somewhere a little bit later, Patrick was bragging about uh the subject of pranks came up. And uh Patrick bragged about how he had never been defeated in a prank war. If someone tried to prank him, that he would uh respond with uh, fury until <laughs> People were cowering, and he just would go on and on.
3: Yeah, it would it would get into a war of escalation and so <laughs>
2: And yeah. I remember one time uh, we were sitting around and there's a bottle of hot sauce on the table at lunch. And I made some joke. Hey, Pat, you're from Texas. You probably drink that stuff like soda. Uh, and Pat's go like, oh, yeah, sure. And he uh, tipped back the bottle of hot sauce, took a couple big drinks and then set it back down and then immediately realized that was too hot for him. So he ran off to go get some milk. Well, while he was gone, I dumped the rest of the bottle of hot sauce in his Coke. <laughs> um so we finish our lunch and I'm just waiting and it's it's looking like he's not going to take another drink and we're just about to leave uh and he's like all right time to go and he downs the whole thing just tips <laughs> it straight back and he knows something's wrong within, like, two seconds. And I'm cracking up, and he just looks at me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Runs back, and I was like, okay, now it's on. I have fired the first shot. I have to rapid-fire prank Patrick so hard that uh, he will not dare to escalate this war again. So uh, several days pass, and I get the idea for the the prank that will actually end the war and will put him away for good. Boy. Uh, well, you to
1: interject. With the prank war going on, the rest of us on the floor were walking around very cautiously <laughs> all the
2: time. <laughs> yes,
1: because <laughs> you were never sure where you would go in to use the bathroom, and that would just explode on you, or right. you know, any room you walked into it, might
2: end with a shower of feces. You're like, oh yeah. no! <laughs>
0: <clears throat> My More idea, so than usual, even.
2: <laughs> I actually, uh, while Pat was out, I got i a-, a-, a hold of his copy of Nicole Ballas. And I took it to Kinko's and this was before people knew about like color copies and magic cards being super expensive. So I managed to get them to color copy the front of his Nicole Bolas and I grabbed myself a glue stick and a worthless two cent basic land card and I made myself a very convincing forgery of Patrick's prized Nicole Bolas card. And I took a pair of scissors and cut it into nine equal-sized pieces and shuffled it back into the middle of his deck, just so. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then that night, I well, challenged him. I was like, I just uh, put a new deck together. You want to help me test it? Well, you got to remember and, and the weight. And strangely
3: enough, I was, that, that particular night, I was like, "Nah, I don't really feel like playing. <laughs> And, and you had to ask me like four different times and finally I was like alright fine I'll play let's go
1: <laughs> well you remember you how Pat would there. always uh, take his deck out of the box too he had that wooden yeah, box yeah so I,
3: I take I, I bring my I have a I had a whole wooden box that was you know etched and everything and had compartments for my life stones and my deck and everything it was a whole thing good god and, you're and you know, yeah shut up you know so <laughs> I take you know take this yeah, I'm getting ready to play so I take this I take the stones out and then I flip the deck over you know flip the box over to get the deck out and I just do my normal normal i'm getting ready to shuffle the cards and i pull the deck apart and and like a little piece just flies out (laughs) and i'm just like what and like i i I like you know i i just dropped the deck and i spread it and i realize there's you know multiple pieces of something and i'm just like what the hell and i and i I flip them over because the cards were on their back and i flip them all over and i I put them together and i I start realizing that this is my nicole bolas card and i'm just like and i just something inside of me just breaks
1: <laughs> well, and it was got so quiet because there was all you know.
3: Because like, Josh by was going play, oh man, Everybody we realized see it was coming to fruition. There was like twenty people surrounding, like, "Oh yeah, let's watch him play magic." And I, I'm like, "Yeah, of course, everybody wants to watch me play magic. I'm awesome." <laughs>
2: <laughs> Where I knew that most people knew what I had done. Yeah. Well, so and and so yeah. Go ahead, Mike. No,
1: and then so I remember sitting at the table, and I don't know who it was in the in the room, but they went, "What happened?" And <laughs> you just had the saddest little voice. You were like, you like some someone, <laughs> someone cut up my <laughs> nickel polis. and and you're like pushing the pieces together. Yeah, so with like, one finger, you're like
2: just Come numb. On. <laughs> Come on, man! Like trying to will it back yeah, to life. You're okay. <laughs> you're okay. It's just a little
1: dirty. <laughs> It's still uh,
3: good. It's still good. Okay. Oh god. Yeah,
1: and that was—I mean—he almost broke on that. Yeah,
3: I was—I was so upset, like I, that. A, I lost my card, and B, that it cost so much money, and somebody cut it up, and I was just like, someone's going to die once I recuperate from. <laughs> it.
2: Uh, even when we showed you, like, you didn't get the, the destroyed one was a forgery for a good thirty, <laughs> 30 seconds.
3: Yeah, and, and I, I thought you the... just cut up mine and bought me a new one. I was like, what? <laughs> Why would you do that? Despite me, you cut up the one that I used. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so much confusion in one scenario. Uh
3: so that good. Was, that was a good one.
1: Yeah. But uh that was that
3: was my great. favorite card.
1: My favorite card was uh yeah, Armageddon Clock. Ugh. Just oh shut up. But you gotta think about the way I played. I well I always played with trying to see what the hell I could do. You know, if I, could, if I could pull off one cool combo in the game that just would make something weird happen or, you know, something bizarre would happen. And every time I played the deck, I was happy to the point where I even have an I still have a uh, Armageddon clock T-shirt. Nice. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. I remember walking to there was a game store on Harlem and Roosevelt that I walked to Concordia. Uh, Because I found out that they had, I called them and I found out that they still had uh, booster packs in the dark when it came out. I walked all the way there, bought half a dozen booster packs and the t-shirt and walked all the way back. And then I discovered that Chicago has these things called buses.
2: (laughs) What's a bus? (laughs) Nice. How about you, Joel? Do you remember a particular card
0: you enjoyed? Um, Well, I know one that I liked recently that I found, but I don't know if it was around then, which was the Senior Vampire. But, um... (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, Sengir Vampire was back
0: in the day. Mm-hmm. Okay, yay! Then we'll go with Senior Vampire. Sig, Sig, whatever you said. Senior.
2: Sengor,
3: Sengor. Sengir. 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 Sengir.
0: He seems like a pretty good card. He flies and he does stuff to other people.
3: It's like the exact opposite of the Sarah Angel.
0: Yeah. So. Oh, I like the Sarah Angel too. She was, she was, I just like the artwork on that one
1: though. Yeah. Okay, that is something else that Joel just brought up. What? You just reminded me of when you were talking about it is different things that we would do when we would play the cards. You play, you know, play a white circle protection which deck? which is known as a white cop. Remember, I play white cop. Welcome to L.A. <laughs> oh my God. You know, or the the infamous Scrib Sprite situation. Oh, shut up. <laughs> but it's it, it, honestly, to the point, especially at school, that all of us had a deck on us at all times.
2: Yeah. I, I actually think my favorite card was not nearly the most expensive card in the early days because I did have two Moxes and a Lotus. Um, but my favorite card was probably Fireball. Fireball was I thought you were going to say pestilence. I pestilence is up there, but I mean, my big tournament deck at that time was the one of the first oppressive combo decks, and that was the channel fireball deck. I can remember one time, uh, Mike, Pat, myself, I think Brian Crone, Uki all went to this big tournament and I had my channel fireball deck, which I had tuned to be able to have like a 25% chance of just winning if my opponent does have a counter spell in hand. And between turns one and three. And I'm sitting next to Mike and my opponent sits across from me and he's like a seven year old kid with like a 200 card deck <laughs> that's stacked super high. He's having trouble shuffling it. And of course, I shuffle up and I get the perfect hand, which means that before he even gets to play one of his cards, he's dead.
0: That's awful.
2: Oh, it
1: was, yep. no, it, it was awful and awesome at the same time because just there was no Josh showed him his hand. Yeah, I was like, see this. This means you're dead. And there was no concept. He was like, no, I haven't played yet. No. Yeah, I know. No. Here,
2: here, I'll show you. I play this. Then I play this. Then I play a land. I sacrifice this. I tap this. I tap the land. I channel 19 of my life, one red mana and one green mana into a fireball and fireball you for 20. You're at zero. And Mike just looks at me. He's like, You dick. <laughs> <laughs> but well, that poor it's kid. Similar
3: to the time, uh, remember the, the land destruction deck that I had with the demonic hordes and the sinkholes and oh, you know, yeah. all that shit that really just nasty, like, and encounters. And spells like, like if you manage to get land out I still stop you from doing anything. And oh yeah. I, br- I brought that to a tournament. That was one of them that the tournament director was like, "You can't
1: play this. This is just not right." <laughs> it's not that it's not legal. It's just not right. Yeah.
3: And I and I got matched up in the second round with like a like some 12-year-old kid and I, you know, I almost made him cry cuz he just was like, "I can't do anything." <laughs> and, and you're I'm like, yeah, I'm "You're sorry. good. It's working." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, kid, but I'm not going to stop.
1: <laughs> Who was it that what what deck was it that um it had, uh, you couldn't untap and everything came into play. Tap. That was, um, kismet. sounds like
2: kismet, winter yeah. orb, and
1: the goofy card with the clown on the seesaw with the dog on the other end. Balance. Balance.
2: No, not balance. No, not balance. Uh. It's blue. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I just can't think of the name of it. Magic how to seesaw
1: skills or stat game? What the hell? Yeah,
3: that's I, exactly what you were looking for. I, Thank you, Google.
1: Yeah, thanks. I never knew there were so many links for seesaws. Uh, so anyway, but this the, this card for those of you who like when you play the game, you have to you play land and you turn it 90 degrees to the right or left, and that taps the card and you've used it. And this deck, what I got, I got all the uh, parts to it, put it together, and everything that would come into play would come into play tapped, and everything that I, I could basically turn everything on and off so I was playing against Shane sounds right yeah and I got the combo out and after about two three turns he just looks at me he's like so what can I do I'm like nothing unless I want you to He's like, why am I still sitting here because like, you, you still got 11 life left he's, and he's just like screw this I'm out <laughs>
2: so I
3: <laughs> What what was the, the the one where somebody was just, I want to play the game
2: <laughs> Well that was my typical reaction to control decks because that seemed like uh that was your uh to, uh, both of you guys like playing Stasis that was with the clown yeah. and the wolf
3: yes, yes. Stasis
2: like Stasis based control or resource denial or counter spell based control like for years I would not play blue because I just wanted to play the game I wanted to either play your creatures and kill you with them or play big spells and kill you with and like the style of deck that just sat back and I was like uh, that thing you wanted to do you're not doing that always <laughs> bothered me but that was uh, kind of like
3: fog bothered me
2: <laughs> sure yeah there was always one rage i mean and
1: there was that and well let's first before we go on because you said control and control is typical of blue and yes. that's one of the things there's five colors imagine white green red blue and black and each one of those um colors has a different theme so blue is controlling and manipulation so you would change literally change words on cards while you're playing them you would change colors of cards you would like allow or not allow people to do stuff with counter spells and all sorts of like manipulation of the game um go ahead Josh, yeah go ahead, it also
2: concerned. had like card draw and copy spell effects Oh, man. Um, clones. Clones.
1: That's
3: good. I loved clones and I loved, um, what was the one where you could, you just took control of their creature? Control creature. Uh, Was it control creature? All right. That's why.
2: Well, there's control magic. I remember there was a blue creature that allowed you to grab their creature called, like, Old Man of the Sea in those early early days. Vesuvian doppelganger. Yeah, That's one of the early clones. Yeah. Another one of them.
1: Um, but that the blue was manipulation black was uh, like the cards are uh, pestilence and unholy uh unholy strength and you've got all this all the imagine all the zombies and skeleton vampires they all live in the black color
2: yeah they the black likes to do very powerful effects direct destruction of creatures uh resurrecting your own creatures from the graveyard which is where you discard them once they're played or otherwise taken out of your hand or
1: cards that would um, force you to sacrifice life
2: in order to be able to play the card.
1: Yeah, um, red was my favorite, which was just straight up blowing shit up.
2: <laughs> yep. A lot of burn spells, a lot of very efficient creatures that they're cheap to cast, tend to have high power, but not very much toughness. Uh, okay. lots of goblins and orcs and, uh, minotaurs. demons. Bad, well, back
1: then, Minotaurs were pretty much exclusively red. Yeah. Not anymore. <clears throat> but uh, then there was white, which is holy. Uh, angels, where you got the angels, the opposite of the black. You've got the angels, curative, and the bringing life back and bringing balance. Balance, there's a great
2: card. Lots of, lots of protection. Lots of
1: protection. Lots of... Uh, Life-raising cards and
2: that sort of thing. Yep. And, and a lot of, uh like, soldier-type decks where you would have creatures that are individually not particularly powerful. But when they attack en masse, uh, they get more powerful attacking together.
1: Mm-hmm. And then there was green, which was the nature one. So you've got, like, Force of Nature, the giant green monster. You've got uh the squirrels.
2: <laughs> yeah. And squirrels and elephants and bears and oh my. big, expensive creatures with huge power and toughness <laughs> and what they call ramp, which are creatures or other things that allow you to get out more of the resources called mana that you use to cast the spells out than you're supposed to be able to in a given turn. So while someone is playing what they can play on turn two, you're playing a card that you shouldn't be able to play until turn four. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah, elves, the elves that generate more mana and all that other stuff.
2: Yeah. So, from these colors and combinations thereof, you ended up in the competitive metagame with four basic types of deck. Aggro, which frequently had red or white, or a combination of both, uh, which are the super fast decks, the decks that want to kill you with creatures and or burn spells, probably by turn four or five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aggro was typically beaten by mid-range. Mid-range... Uh, is a sort of strategy that has a lot of destruction spells, maybe a little life gain and then bigger creatures. So they could slow stuff down just enough to play creatures that are too big for the, uh, aggro decks to profitably attack into them. Um, While they're dirtling around trying to get to the, their big creatures, they could be beaten by combo decks. Combo decks don't care about your creatures. They don't care about their life total. They might not even care about your life total. They want to play two or three or four cards that, when cast at the same time, basically make them win on the spot. My channel fireball deck was a combo deck. I didn't care. You could hit me. I could go down to one life, whatever. I get channel and fireball in my hand at the same time with the mana to cast them both and you die. Mm -hmm. That was beaten by control. Control basically stops whatever you're trying to do, draws more cards, continues to stop what you're trying to do, and then might kill you with one threat that they can protect. And of course, like con- aggro is pretty good against control, so it's kind of like a clock with a big game, like four-way rock-paper-scissors. Yeah,
1: actually, if you look at the um, the back of a Magic card, I probably have them right here. I got plenty all over my desk. Yeah. White, blue, black, red, green. Yeah, the order that the pip, the circles of the colors are in the back directly opposite. They're of course in a pentagram because there's five. But the two colors that are opposite each single color are the direct opposites of whatever that color is. So red and black are the direct opposite of white. Blues' direct opposites are green and red, and as you know, green and white are the direct opposite of black. And that actually was kind of a theme that you can almost, you know, if you're building a, you know, if you're building a red deck, you knew that it was the best idea to either go red black or red green because that would be yeah. cards that would assist each other the most in playing and then you also oh hey check it out stasis is the card i'm holding on to ha um <laughs> where the hell did that come from um so that was kind of like a little hint on how to build the decks and that was like pat said earlier building the decks a lot of fun because back then nobody knew what the hell rules we could play a game play a card and try and figure out the rules for it nobody would know how to handle it then we would like take a floor vote you know well, right we didn't know
2: out? any sanctioned judges at the time
1: yeah and it's not like we had a, i mean they're really i'm gonna get it all curmudgeony now nowadays for to get a rules ruling question all you guys got to do is get online we had, we had no clue we weren't able there wasn't an online repository
0: back. there was the bisex chat room but
2: Yes, but that rarely helped us with magic. Yeah, that's why. Well, now I don't know what I was talking about. Thanks, Joel. (laughs) Sorry. but I do remember the first summer after we all got some of the early cards, one of my favorite things that we did was uh, Patrick talked us all into buying sealed decks with like a couple of booster packs and a a sealed deck package. And uh, we were able to play in a league format where every single game was played for Annie. You could trade for cards, but only with other people in the league. And you couldn't use any of your cards from outside the league. And we played that all summer and he kept track of like who had played who and uh what their win and loss records were on a leaderboard. That was like summer in nineteen ninety-five. That was yeah. fun. I wasn't <clears throat> in on that one. I had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, I remember that I was playing mostly black spells at that time, and uh I was constantly trying to trade for anything that could hurt my deck. Like there's a card, a green card called Life Lace, which was really good against black. And uh I remember offering one guy cards just to not trade it to anybody else since I knew he wasn't going to play it. <laughs> nice. And, and he thought that that was kind of skeevy. He's like, I don't know about that. It's like, no, no, just just take these three. <laughs> That'll be good for your deck, just don't trade that to anybody.
1: <laughs> nothing wrong with that.
2: Uh what I do remember one of my
1: favorite things the uh all night long five colors and artifacts games that we would play at the sure. apartment. Uh Pat and I would bring the collections over and everybody would build a deck of just one color. So I would build a deck that was all red, Josh would build a deck that was all gr- all uh, black. Pat of course was blue and um I guess Joel would when you played green maybe?
0: I I'd I seem to think that my deck was black, but well, we uh, I, or at least one of them was.
1: Yeah, this is one of those huge, the huge games where, and then we'd have Jay would always play artifacts.
2: <laughs> yeah, because we had six players frequently, so he had to take the
1: sixth color, which was Jay had a a way of putting the artifact decks together. Where you remember the one time we were playing, and Suzanne hit him with like a
2: twenty point fireball that should have killed him, and he yep. wound up gaining two life. Yep. He had ways of making sure he couldn't really ever win, but you could not kill him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what was the one rule? It was like halfway, we get the three quarters of the way through the game. We look over there, and Jay's got just got this pile of life tokens sitting <laughs> over there, We're like, who was supposed to be watching him? Yeah. Just, got yeah. A, you got to prune Jay occasionally.
3: Because <laughs> he had like two ivory towers out or something at one yes. point.
1: <laughs> it, was, it was so ridiculous where it was just like, you know, he's got so. I mean, every time anybody would play, oh, you played a red spell? Okay. Tap this, tap this. I was like, like kind of like initially you're like okay he's just doing a couple things over there and the next thing you know his turn comes around and he's got like sixteen little token creatures out there more life than all of us combined <laughs> but no real way to do any like permanent damage because everything yeah. was like zero
2: ones and then he plays a skull catapult and starts launching <laughs> them at us <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah those were fun that was a lot of fun yeah. and then the uh, the best one I remember is the one where we took a break to go do our laundry. That was right after Fallen Empires came out. Yes,
2: because Patrick at- was playing green at that point because he was playing the Thalid Shooter deck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thalid shooter.
2: And there are just tokens all over the table. And we, at that
1: point, we realized the sun was coming up. Like, we've got too much going on.
3: <laughs> was that the same game where Josh had the pestilence out? And he's like, all right, there's just too much math going on here. Everybody take a point of damage. <laughs> no, that yeah. was
1: that was one of the ones. I remember him just killing everybody. Yeah. He's
3: like, too much math. Everyone die.
1: <laughs> well, I guess we're going to bed. It's so so uh you guys want to take a break and we'll come back and talk about magic now?
2: Yeah, sounds great.
1: Hey, everybody. I just want to take a moment and step in here and uh, talk to you about Blueberry. That is B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. And, uh, if you want to get a podcast started, it's a great place to go to. They do hosting for all your, uh, all your podcasts so you can get them distributed to all sorts of people out there, uh, whether they use iTunes or the six people out there that still use Zoom and, um, what else they do? They also give you statistics. They give you download totals. They give you what's trending. So if things are getting more popular or less popular, you can find that out too. They can also let you know if people are listening on podcatchers, on phones, on TV devices or web browsers. You can get daily email reports, a PDF from people, from them. Uh, it's a lot of cool stuff and, uh, they're not too expensive either, but if you want to try them out, go to blueberry.com. And when you sign up, put in the promo code 40 go 14 and, uh, you'll get a free month on us. Awesome. So go do that. We'd love to have more podcasters out there. There need to be more of us.
2: All right. I'm back to talk about some more magical cards. All right. Well, as years went on, uh, magic has changed a lot, uh, Basically, it got to the point where the early, more powerful cards got so expensive that uh, very few people could continue to play the game. So, I don't know, I would say mid to late 90s, they started breaking tournaments up into tournament formats that only used the new cards called Type 2, which later became known as Standard, and Type 1, which used the old cards. Uh, now, some of the basic lands, uh, some of the non-basic lands rather that are used in those oldest decks can be four or five hundred dollars. So almost no one plays type one anymore. Um, competitive magic, uh, has a lot of different ways to play. There's, uh, the standard or type two tournament modern, which has cards from about the last eight to 10 years of the game and legacy, which is sort of like the old type one tournaments where you could use cards that go all the way back to the early nineties. In addition to that, there's CL deck play and a booster draft, which we tried a little bit when we were together. Uh, Boosters are the individual packs of 15 cards you get, and in a booster draft, you open the booster pack, you look through all the cards... And you take one card out of it that you would like to play with in your deck for that tournament the most, put that down in front of you, and then pass the stack of remaining cards to your left. And you keep doing that, uh, receiving a stack from the other side until all the cards are gone from each booster.
0: Oh, that's what, uh, yeah, I remember that.
2: Yeah, we did that uh, not so long ago. And uh, Mike and I, as well as uh, my wife, Sarah, and uh, Mike's wife, Suzanne, uh, did uh, Commander, which is a hundred card game where aside from basic lands, none of your cards can be repeated. It's uh, you probably have, I don't know, 35 to 40 basic lands. And then every other card in the deck is a one of. That was a lot of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. and those are all multiplayer games with your uh, colors in your deck determined by a single legendary creature who acts as that deck's commander and who can be cast at any time. Uh, doesn't have to be drawn, doesn't exist in your hand, just sits in a place called the Command Zone. Could just be cast out of there.
1: That was a good game. I liked that because I was able to, get, again, get those
2: screwy cards
1: that I never played with. the ones to do all this wacky stuff. Multiplayer card games. Nowadays, it's kind of hard to find.
2: Right, and even rarer that someone's willing to play with the old cards.
3: Yeah, how often do they actually have tournaments anymore? Like the the old type ones. What do they call them now? The um legacy. Yeah,
2: I have That would be Um, legacy is a somewhat popular format. It's not one that leads on a path to the Pro Tour or for state championships. Uh, at the store I work at, legacy tournaments used to be once a week, but, uh, the format got so expensive that, uh, we weren't having enough people show up to have the, uh, events run. Mm. Uh, typical legacy deck, uh, that is somewhat competitive is probably going to cost between three and four thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah, I
3: had. I think my my most expensive one was right around thousand.
2: That sounds about right, and that would be a on the expensive side uh, modern deck. Standard decks probably six seven hundred dollars are about as expensive if you're not going crazy and like oh all of my cards need to be foil and Russian and like the rarest possible version. Right. And people played the game for different reasons. Joel was talking a little bit about Timmy, Johnny, and Spike during the first half of the show, and that's uh from one of the most uh, famous articles ever written on the game, talking about three player archetypes.
1: Yeah, so that the Timmy, who we determine well not determine, let's say who we are yet. Timmy one Timmy character is the newbie would be the best way to yeah, Timmy eyes. loves big creatures. Yes, Timmy. Timmy is the kid that showed up to play Josh
3: 200 card deck
1: that couldn't stand up because you know kept tipping over on the playing field and that
3: sort of thing. And they're like they're just more into it for the experience and the fun rather than you know the winning or the you know the well not even the winning. necessarily or but
0: the, the article didn't say they they were new necessarily. You could yeah. be right. A that's a why I'm saying it's not player.
3: necessarily a newbie thing, right? They, like they Jay was definitely newbies. you know that kind of a player.
0: I don't know. I would say
1: Jay would be more of a Johnny. Let's get to the finisher. Even like you said, Josh, this is an awesome creature. It's got to go in my deck. Well, if I have that, I got three more land. Like
2: you said, they're the ones giant. All the all these are all the cool cards in my. Right. And typically, if a Timmy wins a game, which Timmy doesn't necessarily have the highest win percentage of the uh three character archetypes, but when Timmy wins, you get beat down. Yeah. Uh, if Timmy's characters were superheroes, they would all be the
0: Hulk.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: No. I'm Timmy and 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 you know after I read the article I I totally agree with you and I don't think I ever was a Johnny. I think I may be right I could have been or could have in time but for me even when we sat down and we we played it for the first time in years as a group um, I found myself doing exactly what the guy described in the article which was you know looking for the random card that to play or or the you know the the just completely,
1: Ooh, just, look at what this let's does. Let's see what happens. Right. Yeah. This guy's There, there six, was no, six, logic. no way I can lose. Right. I like <laughs> this
0: picture, you know? And then realizing, oh my gosh, I just completely stomped on this particular creature or whatever. And then I ended up winning both games. So, you know. It's true. Yeah.
1: And, and <laughs> um, you did. And when you did, you beat us down. because. Well, bullshit. I'm, so, <laughs> so Timmy, <to laughs> can sorry.
0: do that, and in this case, I was new. But I mean, in, in relatively speaking, compared to you guys. So, but for me, that was fun because I didn't know what was going to happen. It was all just completely what I had. You know, it was random. Yeah,
1: the fog was bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> Still going on about the fog. Uh, next, we'll get to that. Okay. Our next <coughs> archetype is uh, Johnny, and Johnny puts his decks together just to see what he can.
2: Do. Yeah, I, Johnny is frequently a combo player. Yeah. It's like the, his his decks. Johnny's decks are more like a uh, what's that
1: called? It's a, you tip over the water vase, not cat,
0: cat startled
1: startle Oh, it. Rube Oh, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The decks are more <laughs>
0: Sh- like a- cat. No, that's yeah. different.
1: It's like a <laughs> just cat. He's either alive or dead. You don't. Um, but yeah, open the, the box and find out. The Rube Goldberg decks. I mean, that's that's me. That's the way I played. You know,
2: oh, there's a new mechanic came up. I could get this
1: combo off a win. Now my yeah,
2: opinion. I think for a Johnny the most important thing is deck building is an expression of their creativity. I agree with
1: that. I mean you had I had a lot of decks that were based off theme. You know, like I want to build a red deck or red blue deck or whatever deck. I want to build a deck's based off movie. You know, and I'm gonna find fine cards, character things, half a game that'll go along with that. You know, it's, and that's I had a like I said, Armageddon, it's a goofy card. Nobody ever played with it, but one deck that used that just because I thought it was cool.
2: Then there's Spike. Yeah, both Patrick and I are Spike. Spike <laughs> wants to win. Spike will play whatever the best deck is. Spike is happy to play decks that are copied from the last week's tournament winner off the internet spike uh will play all of the best decks against each other determine which cards are good which cards are bad um basically well it, winning is what's most fun and how they do it is not such a big deal
3: that's what i was just about to say is like you know why because we like to have fun and you know what's fun winning <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true and you do end up at a kind of a different level on the game not to disparage Timmy or Johnny, but you end up playing almost a different game when you realize that every time new cards are printed and the uh, what they call the meta game shifts, whether that's the meta game at your kitchen table or at the local tournament or the pro tour qualifier, there are certain decks that are just better than others. They are good matchups for what other people are playing. And you end up in a almost more like chess and poker mixed kind of situation. What was that? Hello. Uh, yes, I was turning we- my mic off because I, ch- I was coughing. Oh. oh, okay.
3: Thought you had a heart attack or
2: something. No, no, no. I'm fine. Usually he makes that noise with beers. <laughs> <laughs> so I
0: don't know. I-, I was thinking it more sounded like disappeared
2: (laughs) so i i've described myself as a recovering johnny like for years i thought well deck building is kind of part of the game and you're not really playing magic if you're copying someone else's deck list and i think that what made me into a spike is someone put it to me like this it's like no one expects a race car driver to like build their own car they just need to know how to drive it And if and that's kind of the level Spike is on, is like you're only interested in figuring out how to go as fast as you can with a deck, when sometimes going fast doesn't mean winning on turn fours. Sometimes it means creating a deck that says it's inevitable. If you don't kill me by turn four, it's not happening. So that's fun to me. Yeah, so uh, moving on kind of to our personal experiences with the game over the years, uh, I introduced most of the guys to the game 20 years ago and after a many-year break in Magic, I came back about two years ago and immediately got back into the highly competitive metagame, trying to qualify for the Pro Tour, playing every Friday and sometimes a couple more tournaments a week, uh, watching my ratings and my points to see if I can get free Wins at the big tournaments like Grand Prix. Uh, I usually am playing, or at least own the cards to play, one of the best decks. Uh, in the format and uh, think a lot about what my next deck is going to be, uh, what cards I might have to trade for or buy as single cards from the store where I work. Uh, the comic shop I work at is one of the largest magic, uh, the gathering stores in the world. Uh, Pastimes in Niles runs all of the Magic of Gen Con. And I play there. And uh, frequently, if I'm not actually playing there, I'm like brewing uh my own spin on a popular deck that's being played and testing it against other decks. I-, I spend a lot of time on this game and I would like at some point to be able to qualify for the Pro Tour and uh put in a good performance there.
3: And that's when the big bucks start rolling in. Oh yeah,
2: that's sweet. Thirty two thousand dollars a year minus airfare.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and traveling <laughs> expenses.
2: I, yes. It still blows my mind that is I mean it's the
1: amount of cash game. I mean even back then, you could we going tournament and you'd win win cards. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> right. that, well i mean it was it was a good card
3: i mean the one um yeah because like the like number you know, the number one would be like the, the, uh well yeah we played in a tournament where like the the, the number one spot was like a uh, um, nebuchadnezzar was yeah. it yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah nebuchadnezzar it, was the was the big prize for winning i tournament.
3: forgot i forgot we played in the tournament
0: where that was first from what's that worth i mean financially speaking no that is not worth anything
1: now yeah and that's the thing is like cards thought were, I mean, granted the big five, the Moth Lotus, yeah, but like Josh and I were discussing that, the cards that we thought awesome and everybody wanted to have and that sort of thing back then, nobody wants, nobody
2: touched. Them. Right. The Shivan Dragon, the Sarah Angel cards that you would trade for and or like, oh, this is such a valuable card. They're being printed as uncommons or rares in core sets now. Yeah. Just, like, creatures have gotten that much better that uh, those guys aren't impressive anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah. I um, played with, we had a game night, sure. so we played Magic. And uh, I brought in some my, yeah. Uh, turns out my path player, who knew? He t- actually took me to a Friday Night Magic a couple weeks ago. I played for the first time in a tournament level. Uh, he gave me a deck to play, which, the um, red, red burn deck. And I on the way there, I was reading all the cards, trying to figure out. Deck that. But, right. Um super organized. I mean, really, really a good time. I would have had more fun with a deck that I had built, but again, I haven't act left or act got hard. And I think that's part of the reason that I'm not jumping on the boat again. Because for me to be able to go out on a Friday night and play Magic, I mean, there's a game store less than a less than half a mile away from now. You know, I could ride my bike there in you no know, flat. Um, but for me to go over and play, I mean, Mike, what am I gonna play? I'm gonna play like you know, I don't have the power cards, I don't have those cards from back then. I've got a lot of cards and I can build crazy ass decks, you know, maybe something that would win, but nothing that would be allowed by the rule and I don't know if it was- Get back to the game just to get more cards, just to be able to play Friday night. Could just as easily, you know, get together at my house. I'm like, you've got me list here at the table. I'd be just as happy to sit down at the kitchen table with the kids. I've both my got to play, and they enjoyed it. They really like it. And I think I, you know, I we haven't played in a long time, but initially, the, you know, sitting down with the girls, okay, what do you, if you were to build a deck and you want to control the creature, what would you play? You know, my wonder, oh, like fairies and unicorns and all that. And here's the green and blue, green and white, knock yourself out, you know. I bought them uh decks I got nice seemed, you know just here's what a deck here's that deck's been assembled and we played a couple times, to understand it um they're not as nearly as I, I would, but you know they're
2: right and it's funny i think that you playing uh with your girls and it was one of the things that brought me back to playing two years ago
1: oh cool yeah glad to help interesting well you know and that's things like we i mean remember
2: when we were all
1: leaving and pat remember you selling your cards and i held on to mine because i remember saying you know who knows you know 15 years down the line we may want to get back get back together and play and you know i'll still have a card and that's kind of what's happened now i've got you know no organizational ability whatsoever on it you know in fact. One of the guys that, uh, that I know, like, oh, hey, yeah. He goes, do you have any, would you possibly have any of these cards? He named off a couple of them. I'm like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would have it's to very look. possible. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not lying when I say that there could be anything in those boxes. I have no clue. You know, it's like, oh, you don't have them organized? I'm like, eh. And one of them actually uh, offered, he's like, well, you know what you should do? He said, you should get your collection together and come over to my house. We'll put them out. I've got a huge dining room table and we can put them out and organize your collection. And it was just like, I don't think we have that much time.
3: Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> or that big of a table. Yeah,
1: I'm like, I can't lift my collection. <laughs> really,
0: it's that big? It was. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't
3: still
1: realize is. that. It's, it's. He's got a
3: cabinet full of cards. I
1: have a I have a a linen closet full of Magic cards.
0: Jeez, I didn't I never realized that.
1: Neither did I until I started putting them all in the same place. <laughs> That's <nuts. laughs> I mean, I'm not joking either. because I've I've been I will go to the store and I'll buy a couple packs now and then just for old times' sake. I guess would be the best way to put it. So you can pretty much Edit. any. What? Huh? No, but, um, yeah. Well, I mean, that was, that was when we were initially playing. I remember going to, you go to the store, and you would see that they would have a a box of booster packs sitting on the counter there, and it took a lot of concerted effort not to buy a couple packs every single time you went. Sure. Which, on that note, we went grocery shopping today, and I have two packs right here.
2: (laughs) Ah.
1: What's, uh, what's that? Uh, Born of the Gods. Oh, okay. Now, I know it's not the most recent one, but I got two of them, because I figured...
2: Uh, the most recent one still can't be sold for another hour. Okay.
1: So, I don't know. I got some bird ladies.
2: <laughs> I got, some bird I got ladies. A, I got a
1: minotaur, <laughs> some centaurs, I guess. And, and you know what else I appreciate them doing now is marking the rares. Yes. Yeah. Should be third from the back. And I got a Oracle of Bones.
2: Womp womp. Oh,
1: well. It's okay. Uh,
2: you'll, have, you'll
3: have fun with it, but it's not worth anything.
1: Yeah, see, that's and that's the thing. It's like if I have a card that I will have fun with, you know, it means more to me than...
3: I got a hornet queen out of my pack I bought.
1: Yeah, that's not bad. Okay, what do I got here? My second one. I have got a perplexing chimera.
2: Oh, that's that's a fun another fun card to play with. It's not worth a whole lot, but I remember in the pre-release for that set uh that guy was scary. <sighs> Whenever an
1: opponent casts a spell, you may exchange control of perplexing chimera and that spell. If you do, you may choose new targets for the spell. Ooh. It's just like,
2: yeah, you just cast a big creature here. You have this guy. I'll take him. Oh, you just <laughs> cast this thing that's gonna kill my most important guy. Uh, you have this chimera. I'll take your spell and kill your most important guy. Huh? Yeah. And I got a rage monger. That sounds
3: like could me. you take Could you take that spell and th- and then kill the chimera?
2: Ooh. uh you were exchanging control at the same time so i don't think it's a legal target but that's that's actually how this game gets to the point where you need sanctioned judges because all of the card interactions uh questions like that come up and there are people who've been at this uh, a lot more a lot longer than i have who would be able to snap answer that i'd have to look it up See, and that's—I
1: don't know—were you at uh, the con, Gen Con a couple years ago, where they put up that poster of all the magic cards that have been printed ever? No, they had—they had made one continuous poster, starting from Alpha and going. This was maybe four or five years ago, and it was easily twenty feet high. I believe it, and probably about fifty feet long. It was ridiculous—a yeah, lot of cards. I mean, and there's probably another 30 feet attached onto that after that, just for everything that they've printed since then. So,
2: Yeah, they come out with four sets a year. As I was saying last week, I uh, participated in several pre-release events, got a lot of the new cards, and I got 17 prize packs coming to me tomorrow. Nice. Hmm. So how about you, Pat? I know that uh, you and I, after we played the Conspiracy game, uh, uh, played a little bit with a couple of competitive decks.
3: Yep, that was fun. I haven't really done much with it. I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. Um, I haven't really looked much into it. I looked into it trying to find a couple tournaments to play for this show, and I couldn't find anything locally. Um, and I don't know if it was just because I didn't really know where to look. I just kind of did a basic search on the internet and um, didn't find anything. But, yeah, um, as far as – I am in- intrigued and thinking about getting back into it, but it's like it's I'm so far behind the curve right now because – I stopped playing this game back in, I mean, it was around 2000, 2001 when I sold my collection. And I hadn't, no, it was a little bit later than that, I think. Maybe it was, well, regardless of when it was. but um, And I hadn't played in a good two or three years before that, which is why I ended up selling it in the first place. And back then, I I got, I think, like $2,200 for my collection, something like that, which nowadays would probably be worth a good, I don't know, 10 times that, maybe. (laughs) Could be. I had, I had 37 dual lands, I think, when I sold. (laughs) So, you know, yeah, and I had, I had that. I had two library of Alexandria. I had a bunch of legends and a bunch of Arabian nights cards and I didn't have any alphas or betas or anything like that. And I didn't have any moxes, but I had just about everything else.
2: Yeah, still just in dual lands, you could have had like five to seven thousand dollars. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah,
3: I mean, because I mean, I had, those were just I mean, and when I say I had thirty, I, I mean I'm I, I had around forty dual lands, and when I say dual lands, I mean just the actual dual lands, and, and on top of that, I had like another good dozen or two just special lands that were all pretty valuable. Nice. Yeah. So I, I mean, until until we played up there in Chicago in August, I haven't touched. even a a magic card in over a decade.
2: But you did. Oh, go ahead. Go
3: ahead. No, go ahead. No,
2: no. I was just going to say, you did a lot of competitive poker and, uh, I was just curious as to how you'd compare the two games.
3: Very, yeah, they're, they're very similar. Um, as far as, like you said before, you know, I mean, there's a lot of just odds calculating and like, you know, if you know your deck well enough, you know, you know what cards are in there. And if you're down to your last 10 cards, if you know your deck well enough, you know what those 10 cards are and you know you have, you have a 10% chance of drawing whatever. And like you said, it's almost like counting out poker. You know, I mean, if you know, if you're, if you know your stuff well enough, you know where you stand just about all the time. Yeah. And like you said earlier, like another thing you said earlier, Josh was, you know, if you have a good enough deck, you can know by turn five or six exactly what's going to happen for the rest of the game. Like, like you called it when you were playing Joel. You know, when you were on like turn five, and you're like, yeah, Joel's down to like four points, but I think I'm about to lose this game.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> when I taught Joel how to play. Yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, Joel, you want to tell us a little bit about that when we sat down with the black and the green deck?
0: Uh, well, you had the packs. I don't even know what they were now. Booster packs or what do you, what do you call them? The well, starter there were decks? the,
2: uh, yeah, there were the 40 card, like learn to play starter decks.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't, well, like that I was talking about, I hadn't touched a magic card since college. Um, and so, I mean, I had my cards still, but I didn't ever really understand them. So yeah, I was like starting over. I mean, you walked me through step by step and I, uh, had no thought that I would even remotely have a chance of getting anywhere. And uh, sing, senior vampire. He made it fun because it gave me a chance, and somehow, magically out of my butt, no pun intended, I uh, I, I did win, but I think that was all just luck you know there was no skill involved on my part
2: it was funny like uh, I was starting to think because like I was crushing you pretty bad as I was teaching you I was like oh geez I'm going to aggro him out and he's just going to reluctantly play the game for the show how can I throw this game and then I saw you start playing big creatures I'm like I'm not going to have to throw this game at all he's about to kick my (laughs) teeth in
3: (laughs) (laughs) he he, he he was just biting time while while you're (laughs) smacking him around and he's just like okay fine I've had enough of this here's my 18 creatures take them up your ass
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I remember what you said. You, you even said that. You're like, I was going to throw the game, but then I realized I, I couldn't, you know, like you, you had to. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and you're right. I mean, who knows what would happen if I would have lost. I mean, it might not have been quite as much fun for the uh, the thing we did later, but it was still a good time. I mean, I, I really had fun just playing with that one simple deck, you know?
2: Hey, Josh. Yeah. What's a Siege Dragon worth? Not much. Damn I, it. I'd probably. It's a really good card and sealed deck, but I keep opening him. It's probably, I don't know. I, I think I have one or two foils and probably three non-foil. Damn. All right. Yeah, he blows up walls. Not many people play walls. So I
1: played at this Friday Night Magic. I played against a kid who again who was a Timmy. You know, he had his, he had his deck and all that. And one of the, one of the actually one of the cool things was, you guys remember that life counter I had that had the wizard that was holding the fireball between his hands?
2: Yeah, I, I still haven't. have mine. Yeah. Scry, oh, those are actually worth a few dollars. Really?
3: Oh,
1: that's yeah. funny.
2: I have mine here. That
1: explains why we were so excited to see it. <laughs> because yeah I put that down, I was oh man, where'd you get that? I'm like, I've had it for a while. And one kid's like, oh man. You know, yeah, how,
3: how long have you been
1: playing? I was like, well, how old are you? He's like, <laughs> I'm 14. I'm like, longer than that. Yeah. What?
3: You were negative eight. <laughs>
1: yeah, this, this counter is older than you. <laughs> He's like, so, but that was, you know, so I was kind of like the old guy playing again, you know, when I had to break out the reading glasses to read all the text on the cards again. Um, yep. When I played this Timmy kid, and you can tell he was a Timmy, and it was like, he sat down, he had that bright-eyed, I'm gonna, you know, I'm playing against other people, it's a tournament, and that sort of thing. And, he, you know, he dealt out, no, can I get a mulligan, okay, fine, go through the whole thing. And I actually wound up giving the kid playing tips as we were playing each other, but not, like, on how to play the game, because he, like, draws a card, and he goes, oh, god. And I'm like, don't do that. (laughs) <laughs> like if, you're, if you want I was like how long have you been playing only like two months i'm like then don't do that if you want don't give me any hint at all that you're not getting the cards you want you know i'm like i'm trying to explain it to him it's like because you're you're doing what's called you know you're tipping your hand you're letting me know things that i don't need to know And he's like oh okay cool it's like because now that you've told me that i'm going to do this and <laughs> just and i felt kind of bad it was one of the i mean it was it was a new deck for me too but it was one of the few games that i won that night i was like see i know you can't do anything because the way you just react Now I'm gonna go bam 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 bam. And I took him for like 12 points damage. And he's like, good lesson, good to know. You know, and then you know it was it was fun though. I mean, it's you know nice to see, and it was cool. It sounds old. I mean, being an old oh man, it's cool to see other kids getting into it. But it was really neat to see this kid have that look on his face. I mean, I remember when I was first opening up the packs for Unlimited or Revised, and you know, getting the sh- my first Shivan Dragon, be like, oh my god, this thing's awesome! I can't believe what this can do. And then you put it in your deck, and you never see it, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. But it it was cool to see that guy,
0: that kid, getting all excited about it. Until you took the livelihood out of his eyes when you completely pummeled him. Yeah, I was that guy. <laughs> yeah.
2: But he, he burned the life out of his eyes with uh, lightning strikes. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty right. Much He's fun.
0: like, I'm not playing again.
1: I'm done. But no, it, it was it was neat to play. And you know, talking. You know, I brought some of my older decks along with. You know, because after you know, you finish a couple games and I'm playing other people. And you know, it's wow, what does that card do? I'm like, well, here, let me show you. Ding ding. You know, now let's clear the board. They had, you know, played a balance on them or something like that or a Wrath of God or, you know. And it's funny to see these cards that we thought were so common back in the day that now there's players that have never actually seen these cards.
2: Yeah, just the other week, uh, one of the guys that comes in, he had a budget, what we call legacy deck. And he handed it to me. He's like, uh, you want to play a quick game? I think if you look at the cards, you'll figure it out real quick. And he handed me a copy of a deck that used to be known as Tricks. There's an all-blue deck that uh, has one main combo in it, and everything else is card draw. The uh, combo is Illusions of Grandeur. It is a card that when you cast it, you gain 20 life, and when it goes away, you lose 20 life. Oh yeah, I know that card. Uh, and it has Cumulative up to Keep, so it gets harder and harder to pay for every turn. Well, the other half of the combo is called Donate. Donate says, exchange, uh, give target permanent you control to someone else that <laughs> so you gain 20 life then you give it to them and when they can't pay for it they die nice that's
1: like can That's like um control magic and handing over a lord of the pit to somebody
2: yeah you know. yeah and there's other stuff like you there's a card that allows you to return target par- permanent to its owner's hand so if you just like okay illusions of grandeur on me donate it to you bounce it back to my hand that was fun i'm at <laughs> 40 you're dead
3: <laughs> that seems almost unfair
2: yeah that was tricks that's awesome, though. I love stuff. Now, not so long ago, the four of us actually played a multiplayer game of Magic using the uh, conspiracy format, which was uh, a booster draft four player game. Yes. And that was fun. Yes, it was. And I will, po- I will post uh, sound bites of that
1: because honestly, the sound bites wouldn't mix in well with the conversations that
2: we're having now.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> right. Sure. All three hours of it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it was about a three-hour game, and the interesting thing about conspiracy is that some of the mechanics uh, were specifically designed to be in like the draft portion. Like, I think Joel or maybe it was Patrick played a card where it's like every time a pack went around, if it was our last pick from the pack, we didn't get to keep it for ourselves; we had to hand it to him.
3: Oh yeah, that was yeah. me. That's why. I ended yeah, that was the you. Hundred card deck, right? Because I decided, screw it, I'm putting every card I have into play, cause whatever. <laughs> And I still came in second.
2: Yeah, we got into a very, like, Mike got off to a very aggressive start, started attacking me. Uh, I, I fought back, and Mike and I basically killed each other. <laughs> <laughs> we exchanged blows for half the game, then
0: uh, Joel yeah, snuck
2: did. up and took over. And then uh, when it was just down to pa- Patrick and Joel, Patrick had played a creature that uh, he could Cap it to make everyone lose half of their life, and he did it in response to me trying to kill it, <laughs> which was probably the only reason the game ended before the wee hours of the morning, Yeah, and then uh, Patrick was ready to alpha strike in on Joel, and then Patrick's favorite card got played. Oh.
3: <laughs> Fuck
2: fog. Fog. One
3: one green mana to erase an entire battle. That's bullshit. Oh, uh,
2: that just little joke I made at the beginning of this when uh, after we introduced ourselves. That was one of the things about the cards that went away. Uh, that I hated. Uh, was that uh, you could do things for five or six turns, and then with one card they could undo everything you did. Yeah. So, even more than fog. It wasn't just damage like they'd remove all of your creatures with one card or they would mm-hmm. regain all of the life that they got and refill all of the cards that they used uh, throughout the course of the game
3: with one card. Damn. Yeah.
2: Sphinx's Revelation, which I, was a, one of the ones I was saying I was happy to see go. It's only going to be in standard for another 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Allows you to draw X cards and gain X life. Oh, yuck. Yeah. So, yeah. There we go. That's uh that's
0: magic. I won.
2: Whoa, oh, it's magic! <laughs> yeah, the the newest player. You've got the uh, the aspiring pro, the guy who's been playing for years, uh, the poker player, and then Joel's just like senior vampire. <laughs> and he ended up winning all of the games that we played that day. I thought that was an awesome end to that it's That's a little microcosm of, of my poker life. Yeah. The guy's like,
3: what, what beats a straight? What beats a straight? <laughs> what the oh, fuck? Uh, the full house? Does a full house beat a straight? Because I have a full house. God damn it, dude.
0: <laughs> I've got all the red cards.
2: All red. Zach, thank you, Topher.
0: A nice callback to last week's episode where we talked about Ocean's Eleven.
2: All right. Cool. So uh, what are we talking about next week, guys?
0: Uh, what are we talking about next month?
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, good point. It's
0: spooky.
2: <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> scary. <Mr>.
1: Scary. <laughs> it is time
3: for October and October
1: now. Well,
3: <laughs> we. <laughs> <laughs> Traditional. As we do every October. We for the do first time.
1: Well, twice. <laughs> yeah, we are um we are going going over Fright Night, the original with, his name,
3: with Chris, Pick- Chris Sarandon, Susan's brother.
1: Yeah. Yes, and uh, Roddy McDowell yes and uh, we're also going to be watching that Two one.
3: Unknowns as the Teenage Leads
1: yes and we're going to be watching the uh, the new one so,
2: and so yeah it's our second annual horror movie Halloween month uh, last year we did a lot of interesting things and uh, we're going to pick out four horror classics that were remade or reimagined or maybe they just shared the same titles
1: yeah sometimes that happens too but if you have an idea of uh, movies that we could watch for spooky, Scary October uh, you can give us a call at 708 708- now wrapped 708-669-9727 and uh if you'd like to get a hold of some other shows you can find us on itunes which definitely go over there uh download shows and leave us a review let us know what you like about the show what you don't like about the show and you know let us know we may change things right uh we're also on blueberry which is pretty cool and uh stitcher Uh, both of those have iphone and android apps that you can stream our shows directly and listen to Way. and talk shoe where you can download the show also and hold on to that in your mp3 player or your phone and listen to that also.
2: Nice. Cool. You can also find any one of our episodes at our home on the web at 40go14.com or on our network at musingsofageek.com. And if you are more the sort that likes to listen to internet radio, we are featured Saturdays in the noontime slot on Geek Life Radio. Hooray. So, so we yeah. got
0: four slots to fill for Horror-tober, rock whatever we're calling it. <laughs> horror I
2: like that. Horrortober. Four <laughs> slots to fill for Horror-tober. That's, that's yep. where we're going with this.
0: <laughs> for now. And and we have a tentative of uh, one of those, so there may yeah. only be three slots to fill. So please, suggest something soon. <sighs> yes. Your time is running out.
2: Yeah, and you can also send those show ideas on to uh, 40go14 at com, or you can tweet us at 40go14 on Twitter. Yeah. So that's the show.
3: Ta-da.
0: It's magic. <laughs> and be sure to check any of the other 20 shows out at musingsofageek.com. So ours is the 21st. Best I got. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's
2: all or I or Steve Miller. Yeah, that's, that's all we're allowed. Yeah. yeah.
1: Then, all then right. America comes down and sues us. Not the band. Everybody else.
0: You can do magic.
3: Unless you, know,
0: you don't have, have do. a deck. I'm and then, then you can't.
3: What? I'm talking to myself. I, like, I don't know why I said Steve Miller. It wasn't Steve Miller.
0: Steve Miller was abracadabra.
3: I know. That's what I just said. Shut up. Don't <laughs> no, no, correct no. no me after I correct myself, sir.
0: You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go finish reading David Copperfield. You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network.
3: Stay geeky, my friends.
2: Set phasers on stoned.